This week on the show, my guest is Ross Coverdale. We talk about how video is becoming more important for marketing all types of businesses and how you can be more comfortable, confident and successful in front of a video camera. Welcome to episode 144 of the Marketing and Finance Podcast. This is the podcast for ideas and inspiration on marketing your business and growing your business and for discussing topics on all things finance. And now here's your host, Roger Edwards. Hey folks, and welcome to the show. Thanks for downloading or streaming the Marketing and Finance podcast. And thanks also for the feedback you gave me on the solo show from last week when I talked about simplicity and why I don't think it's a good idea for Twitter to increase the size of a tweet from 140 to 280 characters. I obviously hit a sweet spot with my arguments on that subject. I'm all about helping you keep your marketing strategy simple. And if you need help from a high-level strategy or help with your blog, social media or content, please look me up at rogeredwards.co.uk. Let's have a chat. We could talk over Skype, over Zoom, over FaceTime or even good old-fashioned mobile phone. So let's talk to Ross Coverdale about video. We chat about why video is ever more important in marketing your business, common objections to video and how to overcome them, techniques for feeling like a natural in front of the camera, the importance of varying the speed of your presentation and the tone of your voice, and tips for remembering your script and nailing your delivery. Ross is a video editor and producer. He helps people make their content marketing, vlogs and course videos the best they can be with creative editing and live video coaching. He takes care of the creative polishing and tweaking, leaving you to do what you do best whether that's running your business or creating more content. And if you're struggling with some or all of the technical things like cameras, lenses, lighting and sound, or if you want to up your performance game and get good on camera, he can help you create the best videos you can with live coaching and videography. So let's get straight into that interview with Ross right here on the Marketing and Finance Podcast. Ross Coverdale, welcome to the Marketing and Finance Podcast. Hi, Roger. Thanks for having me on. Absolutely delighted to be chatting to you today, Ross. And yeah, it's a pleasure to be here. Where are we Skyping each other from? In fact, we're not even Skyping each other. Where are we Zooming each we're other zooming, from? We're Zooming along. Well, I'm I'm based in Forfar. If anyone has heard of that place, it's probably for the Brideys. Um, it's like a, our local pasty that's quite famous. But if you're not familiar with it, uh, uh, I'm just north of Dundee. And of course, I'm in Edinburgh, as always. So for once on the podcast, I'm actually talking to somebody who doesn't live that far away. I know, we're not that far away, about an hour and a, hour and a half drive, I believe. Absolutely. So Ross, yeah. you are, I would probably describe you as a video production expert a video mastermind. Oh, that's um, quite that's quite flattering, Roger. <laughs> and, and you also coach people. The service you offer isn't just going out there and making films for people. You actually coach people as to how to appear good on camera. But before we get into talking about that and how video can help people market their businesses, maybe give the listeners of the Marketing and Finance podcast a little bit of background about yourself, where you came from, where you're going, what your ambitions are, and basically what makes Ross Coverdale tick. So I'm from Forfar, as I mentioned uh, earlier. I almost went to college after high school, actually almost went on a video production course 
uh, believe it or not. And because I, I was actually at the time, I was like really, really interested in it. You know, when I was younger, me and my friends, we used to make little amateur films and stuff like that. We're kind of into drama and all that kind of thing. So, I mean, they were not good <laughs> at all. <laughs> but yeah, but I, in the end, I actually kind of decided not to do that. And actually I went to Edinburgh in 2005 to study publishing. Yeah, I mean, it was actually, it was a really, really good course. It was like a really good mix of, there was a, a lot of business, a lot of marketing, a lot of design and so I graduated in 2009, which was not long after the recession. The publishing industry was not easy to get into. I certainly couldn't afford to work for free for any length of time. First kind of proper job uh, was actually in marketing. So mm -hmm. I worked for a telecoms company in, in Edinburgh. I worked there for a few years. I also learned so much. Like, I, you know, I learned everything that was... You know, like all the moving parts of a marketing department, design and copywriting and, you know, web. I mean, I'd done a little bit of web production, web design um, in my degree and, and studied a bit of that. And and also video, funnily enough. Um, we moved 2015 and I set up my own business. So at the time, um, bear in mind that I had done a bit of everything. So, yeah, so I basically started out by essentially being a creative freelancer of all types i guess and i was you know doing graphic design branding uh web design um a little bit of copywriting but not a lot and what's so the yeah, was there a moment when you had an epiphany when you thought video is the way to specialize or did you fall into well that do you know the, the, so yeah video coaching interestingly wasn't actually something i set out to do originally but i was working on a project with kevin anderson right who, well, who we both know, and he was creating some course, uh, some course videos. Um, so he said, "Look, I, I definitely would like your help with the editing side of things, but actually, I could really benefit from just having somebody to look after the camera, essentially." Mm. And I said, "Do you know what? Okay, let's do this." And while, and I guess full disclosure, like when it comes to filming, I, I mean, I, I say to people, "Look, if you want a really, really flashy, creative." At, say advert for your say it's a car showroom or or a, a restaurant or something like that like i might not be your guy yeah. like i really might not be the person for you um because what you actually probably need is a is maybe a team of like three you know uh, videographers cinematographers even with really high-end gear and you know like dollies and all the kind of fancy rails and tracks and things that you can use to to shoot really really high uh, high level production value stuff mm. But I think, and this is this is this is where my niche I've kind of carved out. I think for myself, I, I mean, I, I haven't really found anyone else that does this in in this way. But what happened with this um, this filming gig that I, I did with Kevin uh, last summer was we met up on the day. I set up the camera, I set up the lights, set up the microphone, and you know we got a, a nice location, and we started rolling. And we're kind of and and you know. I said to him, right, okay, it was very much like set up the camera and, and left it to him. And he was chatting away. And I know him really well, so it was quite a comfortable conversation. But I had to say to him, I was kind of watching his performance. I'm going, there's something really not right here. <laughs> yeah. um, and, and kind of like with all due respect, you know, because he's a really like upbeat, energetic, happy guy. But he was really, he was coming across really wooden and a little bit uncomfortable, you know. And I think it was just all the lights, the camera, it was all just a bit much. So... I very kindly sort of said to him, okay, well, how about let's let's try it like this or let's try it like that. How about you say this instead of that or, you know, you're, you're waffling a little bit, um, you're talking too fast, you're kind of, you know, how about let, let's just rephrase things a little bit. And 
long story short, the end result was far, far better than what we'd started with. Um, and it, like I said, it was a really, really interesting discovery because while I, all I was there to do really was set up the camera and, and get things going, we spoke about it afterwards and he said, you know, he said, I got so much out of this, this session um, that I didn't expect at all, you know? Mm. Uh, and bear in mind, so this was like, this was over a year ago now. You know, I'd done I'd done this work and it went really, really well. And, I, you know, I loved it. I really, really enjoyed kind of bringing the best out in him. But at the time I was like, well, you know, I'll continue doing all the creative things. <laughs> so uh, I was doing lots of editing. I mean, I, like I say, video has, video has been the biggest portion of my um, kind of freelance career since I started. Um, and it's it only was going up. And I think that in the, what I started to to very much feel towards the end of last year was I kind of feel like this is probably the thing that's holding me back, mm. you know, from making a really, you know, really good success of my business. And I sat on it for about six months. And funnily enough, so it was actually in the run up to CMA Live 2017 that yourself and uh, and I both spoke at. Um, and I was one of the lightning speakers. So just for those who aren't familiar with, uh, with CMA Live, uh, the lightning speakers were um, invited, they were all, and we were to deliver 15-minute talks on various subjects. A couple of weeks before the event, so those of us who were who were doing this this lightning, we were kind of part of this lightning speaker team, um, we, we met up a few weeks before the event and we kind of did like a, a run-through of our talks, very much to support each other and give feedback and... You know, see if we can improve and basically to get to make a, make our talks as good as they can be what happened on the day was not something i expected at all but um that was actually the day that i decided that i need to niche down mm. funnily enough because uh so karen rayburn who's a good friend and, and client of mine um we had worked together for quite a while and she gave her talk on the power of a niche mm. so um, for those of you who don't know who Karen Rayburn is, she's the MD of the Profitable Firm, and they're a creative agency that work exclusively with accountants. She gave this talk, um, and bear in mind, this was like a, a, the first draft, if you like, of her talk, and we're, we're sitting around the table and we're, you know, I was watching her uh, deliver her, her speech. And the whole time, my mind is just going like the clappers. I mean, like, there was cogs spinning so fast around in my head that at the end of the talk, I said to her, do you know, I know we're me I meant to give you like feedback and give you advice on, you know, what, how you can improve, but I'm just like completely, my head's burst. I was like, <laughs> I, I, this is, it's like you were speaking to me and we had a really good conversation afterwards. And I, and that was literally between, um, between that day and it was like a week later, um, I had nailed down what my niche was going to be, what my, I was, I rebranded. Um, I had a rough idea of what things were going to be and, it's, and it all started to take shape. So then, you know, it was probably by the, you know, by the time CMA Live was over and by the time I actually got the rebrand, kind of relaunched, rebranded, niche down as uh, as Radlad, <laughs> the video production uh, and editing guy. I'm absolutely loving it. <laughs> like I really, really, this is just, I absolutely love the work I do and especially when it's, when it's bringing the best out in, in people. Um, Quite a few things sort of resonate with me when you were talking through that sort of backstory there, Ross. And the first thing that occurs to me is, you know, you say if you were a car showroom or something, you, you're probably going to want to hire in a big team of photographers and, you know, they'll come in yeah. with with um, lights and those great big silver discs and they'll probably bring some best boys <laughs> and some key grips with them and all of that sort of stuff. And And I actually think... 
that's probably right. You are always going to have businesses like that who are going to want a big flashy BBC production. But on the on the whole, I don't think that that's really what a lot of people want. But I think it's no. the perception, isn't it? And yeah, you're, you know, you're totally right. You're, I, yeah, I, I totally. was I was the same as that. You know, I used to work for big corporate, and if anybody said to me, "Roger, we need to do a video." you'd go off and you'd hire a bloody great big film crew and it would cost you a fortune. Yeah. Whereas today, you know, with with amazing equipment that we've got, I mean, crikey, we could do this on our phones if we wanted to. Um, you know, you can create incredible video without having to do the great big sound crew thing, the great big um, film crew thing. Oh, yeah, 100. And the thing is, not not, like, I think part of it is, is that it's it's a lot of its necessity. Mm. Um, so, I mean, we, we might go into this a little bit later on, but you know, video is so obviously important. Mm. Um, it, it's you know, it, it's destined to be the most consumed format of of content. And you know, but I think the the quote that's floating around at the moment from Google is that ninety uh, percent of all content viewed online uh, by twenty twenty, I think, or twenty nineteen, mm. it, it will be video. Yeah. And while I know we were chatting about this again before we recorded, and not sure whether it'll hit that exactly, but I mean, it's definitely on the up. I mean, I, I can certainly say myself that the amount of content I consume that is that is video uh, these days is vastly greater than what it was even a few years ago. And um, despite so, and despite that, and despite that. I think that because people still have this perception of you need to build a bring in a big film crew and you know 80% of the people listening to this podcast are probably in the financial services industries or what I would say the professional industry so the aforementioned accountants lawyers solicitors that sort of thing there is this perception that you've got to bring the big film crews in but even if you sort of disabuse them of that and say no 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 one camera pointing from one direction and another camera pointing from another and a few lights and a few microphones is all you need. Yeah. It doesn't It doesn't like, need to talk it doesn't need no. to cost thirty grand. You know? No, like, it doesn't it need, can. It, I mean it's very, <laughs> very easy to spend that kind of money. But I, um, but, I think, but it doesn't need to. I think the point is that even if it's a gigantic film crew with all the clobber, or it's just you and two cameras, people still have this I don't know, inbuilt phobia or inbuilt fear of sit- sitting in front of a camera and talking. So I've got quite a lot of clients who work in the financial services industry, and I'm saying the same thing to to them that you've been saying to me on, on the podcast, that video is incredibly important. We've got to do more video content because that's the way it's going. And I'll get all these excuses thrown at me. So no, Roger, we can't do video because of compliance reasons. Well, I can sort that out because it's basically a, a, a non-reason. Then then the next reason... So it's an excuse. It's really, an excuse, yeah. 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 And, and then the next thing will be, well, I'm not all that sure I want to be in front of a camera. I get nervous, I'll sweat, I'll fluff my lines, I'll forget what to say... I'll, I'll look too wooden. You know, you mentioned um, people accidentally looking wooden before. So I actually think that whilst video is incredibly important, there are a lot of people out there who have got a lot of um, hang-ups about it. So you deciding to niche down on this at, a, at such an important time when video is going to become so incredibly important for businesses and their marketing sounds like a really clever thing to do because people are going to need people like you to coach them 
so that they don't feel nervous in front of the camera. One of the things I was kind of, I was getting to with the, in terms of other, you know, in terms of people producing videos Mm. is that while the perception was definitely, you know, like to hire in a film crew, you know, you're talking, I mean, it doesn't have to be, I I, I threw the figure of £30,000 in it. I mean, it doesn't necessarily have to cost quite that much, but it'd be very, very easy to spend £10,000, for example, on a, you know, on a crew. But I think, See, because the amount of video content that is being produced daily by, mm. I'm going to say millions of people, yep. <laughs> while high production value obviously has value, I mean, it 100% has its place. I'm not trying to poo-poo uh, film crews and, and high-end video production. If you think about how much video you see on your on your phone, on your on your computer even, like on social media, people you know, taking selfie videos, messaging to, to whatever, or I, I think because the the barrier to entry for video is so much lower, that it's lower than it ever, ever has been, mm-hmm. and it's only going to get lower, mm-hmm. but the actual, the, well, the barriers are only going to get lower, but the technology is only going to get greater. Mm-hmm. So, you know, I mean, already we've got 4K cameras in our pocket. Yeah. People are really familiar nowadays with with video being accessible but the performance aspect is the thing that's the that's the, that's the challenge like the access to video and the and i think to get away with producing you know even even just one camera pointing at you you know like a talking head type video just set up a camera on a tripod and chat away to the camera so many people are doing that these days yeah. that it's become the norm you know like the norm isn't you know flashy set up a stage with lights and you know all this sort of stuff it doesn't have to be that the technology is is accessible there are still the barriers. So that while, you know, the, the barrier isn't the technology, the barrier is the person that the camera's pointing at, really. It's, it's or the, the reticence to actually turn it on in the first place because of all these fears. And how do you help people overcome these fears then, Ross? So let's imagine that it's quite a simple scenario. Say I've got a financial advisor and he thinks he needs to sit down and there's probably about, let's say, 10 questions that he always gets asked by his customers. So obviously one of the best things to do when you've got a question that people ask you all the time is to do some content that answers that question. Yeah. Let's do yeah. a video. So he's got so where, 10 where answers. do we start? <laughs> where do we start? And and, and yeah. how do you get how do you get him to open up so he looks relaxed, he doesn't fluff his lines and he doesn't sound as if he's overly prepared or he's reading from a script or something like that. Talk me through how you would go about that. Cool. So in terms of, uh, bef- so before we turn on the camera, <laughs> um, the first thing I, I usually go through, if I was working with a client, I'd say, right, what is the purpose of this video? Because that is the 100% most important thing. Um, I think it's really, really easy to include too much. It's really, really easy to talk quite a lot about a certain thing. But what is the one thing that you're trying to communicate in this video? If you have that in mind, you know, who you're, what's the message, but who's it for? Why does this person care? And the point is, is that just, it will help you nail down what it is you actually need to say. And I'll start recording before I tell people that we're recording. Yeah. <laughs> because it's really funny. People have got this, there's this really weird effect that a record, that to say to someone, okay, now we're recording. It's a bit scary. Yeah. It's a bit like, like people stiffen up. You, you see it in their shoulders. Like their shoulders go stiff. They, they start holding themselves in really unnatural ways because they want to they want to appear broadcast ready yeah you know they're used to watching the news and that's that's what a professional uh, in front of a camera looks like or something i think people a lot of people have this perception 
that to be good on camera, you have to be in giant air quotes again, professional, Mm -hmm. you know, you have to be super slick. They stiffen up, they start talking very, very properly because that's how they think they're supposed to talk when a camera's on. And it's just, and what happens is, is you get this wooden kind of this performance, you know, Generally, we'll do a completely dry first take. Um, so what I'd rather do is get a, a get an idea of what their um, what their crutches are. Yeah. So do they have certain words that they say when they're trying to fill in a gap? You know, like is it um, is it er, is it and, is it so, is it? I mean, it, there's all sorts of bizarre phrases that people throw in because they're trying to fill in dead space. <laughs> And I'll recognize these as, as people are, are talking. So while they're doing their, their initial dry run, I'll be taking some mental notes, watching what they're doing, and then I'll say, right, one of the biggest things that I tend to notice is that people talk too fast. Yeah. And anyone who's listened to this episode so far has probably realized that I also talk really fast. <laughs> but I think a lot of people do. And actually, like one of the things that I, I really, really profess when, um, when you're recording video is and it's not to slow down to the point where it's painful there is a point where you're talking if you're talking so fast that your brain can't keep up with you and that's a phrase i like to use a lot because i do that you know i'll talk so fast and then kind of have to go wait a minute what was my point all right hang on give me a second but not to the point where especially like if you're say you are explaining something that's quite technical or you're explaining something that is quite specialist in terms of what you do and you want to really really hammer home that point but then if there's a there's a moment where you really want people to pay attention to what you're saying, that's when pauses mm. and even even just bringing it down a little bit. Yeah. The comparison is that generally when you're talking on camera, you want to be quite alert and bright and yeah. smiley and all that. But there, you know, there's there's a lot of power in actually turning it down, you know, and slowing down and just taking those breaks partly to to let ideas rest in your viewer's head for even if it's a second. I mean, mm. a second is actually quite a long time. It's a bit like um, when you're speaking on stage, isn't it? If you vary you know, the, the, the tone The principles of your voice, are exactly yeah. the same. And I, and I think that's actually, that's the that's the key, really. I mean, th- those who are, you know, experienced professional public speakers mm. um, will probably find this a lot easier because they're used to those kind of um, delivery techniques yeah. and, and you know, and tricks that you can use. Sometimes people can try just a little bit too hard to do that. And they start to sound like a cheesy radio broadcaster. You know, (laughs) it gets a bit weird, you know? Um, And not that that's something that comes comes along too often, but it's just things like that. So like generally I would, I walk people through it um, and just get to see what they're like. And for the most part, what I tend to find is that, people will they'll rattle through it mm. they'll, like the first take they'll absolutely power through to the end um they might slip up and they might stop a couple of times halfway through and say oh hang on let me just let me do that again and we'll get to the end and almost every time we'll finish that first take and i'll say to someone right let's try it again but first off slow down because it's not a race so that that's kind of that's usually how we start is it's getting people just used to slowing down and just getting comfortable and like and not you know the the biggest difference i tend to notice in people is when we say right this isn't a race you're not trying to get to the end as quickly as you can you need to kind of lean into that discomfort a little bit because actually when you do lean into it 
and you just take your time you can actually have a bit of fun with it and enjoy it and and that's well i mean that's just advice that i would give to anyone <laughs> is to try and enjoy yourself because if uh, if you don't look like you're enjoying yourself um well sorry to break it to you but your viewers will uh, <laughs> will feel that a lot worse i mean I'm and that's not to put people off that really isn't to put people off it's more of a i think the thing i tend to find is that people are way more capable than they think they are I've been doing video for quite a while. I mean, back in big corporate time, again, I, I have had the big film crews in front of me. And, and on the whole, I've been pretty relaxed and I've managed to usually say what I needed to say. Not too fast. I've had the intonation in there, bit of loud voice, bit of quiet voice, you know, all, all the things that you've said. When I started doing video myself, you know, more recently using my iPhone and more recently I bought myself a slightly better camera, is I guess I went through that that period of time where I'd stick the camera down, I've got the lights and everything, I'd press record, I'd start to say my piece, and then I, I might go for a couple of minutes and then I'd fluff it up and I'd get really cross with myself, stop button, sort of shake myself down press start again and i go right back to the start and do it and then i might get three minutes into it and i screw it up again and 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 i, I keep pressing stop and i go back to the beginning and then after about an hour i'd be a spitting ball of red-faced hate <laughs> yeah, flustered. And, and, yeah. And, and i'd sort of give up and go away and then of course i think it's probably someone like yourself who said to me no 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 no, no. the best way to do it is just press record and start and if you make a mistake, just have a breath, but then carry on from the part where you made the mistake. Yeah, and you 100%. Know, and when yeah. you do that, oh my goodness, it just goes, you just get through it so much better and so much quicker, don't you? Yeah, I think the trick with that is that you're, you're so if, if we go back to this idea of trying to race to the end, mm. if you actually just carve up, especially like if you've got to, say you have to talk for a few minutes, I mean, that is actually quite a long time. Mm. Um, if you think about it, you, you know, there's a lot of things to remember, a lot of all the words in your head, basically, that you need to get out. And some people can kind of get into a flow with it. I would, for the most part, I would say that people tend to waffle. Mm -hmm. um, I know I do it myself. <laughs> it, it's basically, it's carving all those, it's carving this big three-minute goal, for example, into lots of 20-second goals. Mm. Um, I say lots, it's not even that many, but it's this idea of just, just say the thing that you need to say, take a break. And go back into it and i think like a really good tip is to have if you've got some notes um that you can put like next to your camera um and not too far away that you need to move because especially if you're say you're standing or sitting in one in one place and you've got the camera pointed at you um if you have the notes next to your camera you can take a moment and, and just look away for a second and then come back to the camera when you're ready and start again and see that space in between you can just snip it out yeah and the final product nobody knows nobody knows what happened well you know nobody knows what's on the cutting room floor you know it's it's that's the beauty of editing um and the, it's something that a few of my clients have, have experienced is that they go oh you know i tried to do this and i just find it so stressful and i say look let's just carve it up if you're finding it hard to you know to get to the end in one take um don't Put, why put all that pressure on yourself you know i think a lot of people i think that's part of the challenge is that people do they put all this pressure on themselves to deliver this perfect performance but nine times out of ten if you slip up or you say a word wrong just say it again don't make a big fuss about it uh, or just retake that segment and move on from there um and nobody will ever know and i and i just don't think that it needs to be 
absolutely 100% perfect. Like, I can guarantee you could watch a video of yourself that you think is not good enough. You give it to someone else, they'll probably think it's great. <laughs> That's happened to me on many times. I've, I've done a, I've done a shoot, I've looked at it, I've edited it, and I've sat there thinking, now this is rubbish, I'm going to delete it. And I'll show it to people, you know, people that I respect, and they say, what's wrong with it? Get it out mm -hmm. there, for goodness sake. Yeah, I, I do. You're absolutely right. We are our worst, uh, our worst critics. And, yeah. you know, I think as well, people, people like it if you... I'm not making. I'm not saying that you should completely screw up on camera, but if you make a little fluff or a little stumble and maybe have a little giggle about it and leave it in, I think people actually like that human touch, don't they? Yeah, one. It's it's all about being human. There's definitely a movement in marketing in general, and um, this isn't just video. This is this is across the board. Give yourself permission to to be a real person. Mm. <laughs> you know. I think that sort of takes us full circle from, from where you started, you know, as a jack of all trades, doing lots of different marketing things from design to copywriting to video to finding this niche. And and I think it is very important to make people feel comfortable on this platform because, as we've said, this platform is going to become increasingly important going forward. And, and the things that we've learned today are that video is important for your business and is important for your marketing. So you need to get comfortable in front of the camera. You need to get your camera out or you need to get your phone out. You need to start recording and you need to f overcome these fears and these perceptions and get good at it. And the way to get good at it is just to get practicing. Yeah, 100%. And I think even, um, you know, while, you know, we're talking about uh, done is better than perfect. Um, another thing that is is bandied about with, with video production is, you know, embrace the messy. Yeah. And, and actually, I actually really like it. I, I'm one of these people where I'm not, I'm not trying to say, I'm not ever going to say, oh, you know, if you want to be good on camera, you have to hire someone like me mm. to help you do that. Because actually... As I said earlier, if you practice and the more you do, the more you produce, the just the more time you spend in front of the camera, the easier it's going to get. Mm -hmm. um, the issue is if you if you put the time in, and you know you're able to edit all your stuff yourself, and you're wanting if you want to just do it, and you're happy to get over the fear of being judged by your yeah. slip ups or whatever it is, um, then one hundred percent go do it. Like just get started and start doing stuff. Um, I think where where I feel like I can help people is if they want to just level up from the start. You know, they want to just get themselves to a really good start so that they'll only get better from there. I think um, that's where that's where I really feel like I add value is that it's more about um, leveling up at this uncomfortable stage. Ross, we've covered so much ground today, so much good stuff to think about about video and how you can improve your technique and get yourself out there. One of the things I also like to ask the guests on the podcast is to tell me about a product or a marketing campaign that's really stood out for you recently and made you think, yeah, I really like what they're doing. Tell me what it was and what you liked about it. So there was one that literally I think I saw today uh -huh. or possibly yesterday um, that I just thought was brilliant. It's, it's really just front of mind for me is um, Ford uh, released an advert. It was on the back of... Um, Saudi Arabia lifting the essentially lifting the, the ban on uh, women from driving. Um, I don't know if you've seen it. It's it's the it's like the picture of the uh, lady's eyes in the rearview mirror, uh -huh. um, and it just says "Welcome to the driver's seat." And there's you know a hashtag. It's you know Saudi women can drive. Um, I just I just thought it was really really clever. I like I really like it when um, 
when brands use really clever visual like it's a super simple ad um but from a visual aspect it's just really it's really effective i think and I, and also i quite liked it for the it had a, has a bit of a political statement as well you know kind of yay for feminism which is nice it's news jacking um, as well isn't it in a way well yeah 100 percent. but I, I quite like it when brands do that it means that not only is it it's reactive but it's really it's quick like yeah. it's clever and it's quick i think um uh, you know a lot of companies uh are moving towards this being able to actually turn things around in mm-hmm. a really agile way mm-hmm. and was it uh oreo uh, you know the, the biscuits. They yeah. uh, they were in the news because they'd like broken Twitter records or something. Remember when the lights went out? Yeah. At the Super Bowl. Yeah. And they released this ad in like it was like a minute or something, and ridiculously quick. And they, you know they, it was like you can still dunk in the dark. I still remember it. <laughs> and I mean, actually, like that maybe that's the that's the one that's uh, front of mind. But I think it was just that way of you know like think about even I, I mean I'm going to say even five years ago. Uh, how many organizations would be able to work in that way and, and release something, get it past, you know, past board members and committees and stuff to get it all done. I, I think it's a really, really interesting shift in marketing where we can move so much quicker. And it's probably just do, down to access, uh, accessibility technology and I guess companies relaxing a little bit around process. Mm-hmm. Um, I just think it's really good. I, I, I It's exciting because I think it, you know, it's not something you would have seen, you know, even say five, ten years ago. It's just not that that reactiveness wouldn't have really happened. And is there a business book you've read recently, Ross, that you've been really impressed with? Could you share that with the listeners of the podcast? I haven't read a lot of business books. I, to say I haven't read a lot of business books is probably not correct, but I've not read one in a really, really long time. But there is one that I, you know, I'm still reading. I've been reading for absolutely ages and it's, it's my go-to feels like my go-to reference point for the last few podcasts I've been on. It's uh, uh, Brene Brown's Daring Greatly. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know if you've you read it or familiar with her work. Um, I just, I, I'm one of these, like, maybe a bit, it's maybe a bit soft and fluffy for some people, but I, uh, I'm i probably two-thirds of the way through it. I've still not finished it because I keep dipping in and out of it. But it's one of these books that I remember, I think I was like two or three chapters in, I remember just thinking, this is just awesome. Um, Because what it's all about is essentially um, getting people to, uh, I think the the manifesto of it is to essentially help people live a uh, kind of unapologetic, um, brave life, I guess, and be themselves and, and, you know, embrace their own, their own self and uh, feel worthy of attention and love and all this sort of stuff. And it's just one of these really, really powerful books. Uh, I, I would, I would recommend anyone to read it. Uh, actually, whether you're in business or not, because I just, I absolutely love it. Um, I'm a huge fan of hers. I think she's great. Fantastic, Ross. It's been a real pleasure talking to you today about video and about marketing and about confidence. I'm hoping a lot of people listening to the show are going to want to get in touch with you, perhaps to help them to become better on camera. So, what's the best way that people should get in touch with you? Yeah, so uh, you can get me on most social platforms uh, as Rad Coverdale. Uh, so it's R-A-D-C-O-V-E-R-D-A-L-E. Some people always ask me how to spell my surname. I always think it's kind of as it's spelled, as it sounds, but, you know. <laughs> um, my website's over on radlad.co.uk, uh, or you can get me at ross at radlad.co.uk. It's my email address. 
Ross, thanks again for coming on the show. It's been great to speak to you and let me wish you every success for the future, but I'm sure we're going to see each other again, probably at a future CMA event. But, uh, <laughs> yeah, no, it's been great. I've, uh, yeah, I've, I've really loved this, so thanks for having me on. No probs. Cheerio. Thanks for listening to the Marketing and Finance Podcast. Do please look at the show notes at rogeredwards.co.uk forward slash MAF for links to the topics, apps and books we discussed. If you enjoyed the show, please leave a review on iTunes. If you are a business person, financial services professional or journalist and have a marketing or finance story to tell, please get in touch. You could be the next guest on the show. And do remember, nothing we talk about on the show is financial advice of any kind. It's just thoughts and opinions, okay? Okay.